be a little riskier earlier on. Take take them earlier. Be more intentional about your career path uh, earlier on in life. He's now building after experiencing his firsthand some of these problems related to a gap ad in 2008. Launched a V1 version of some a, a company called Brand Verity. That's what he's building today. Over 400 customers use the platform again to monitor affiliate content, whether that's ads directly or just web content in general, making sure they're compliant with you know government regulations, things of that nature. Uh, they're bootstrapped, which I love. Uh, July 2017 revenue, so a year ago, was 420 grand in monthly recurring revenue, growing 20 to 30 percent year over year, just past $6 million in ARR here in July of 2018. Each of these customers paying about a grand, caught between a grand and two grand per month, less than 20% gross logo churn annually, net revenue retention just north of 90%. He is totally willing to spend up to 12 grand to acquire one of these customers, which gives him a 12-month payback period. It's a team of 35 based between Seattle and London. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is David Nafziger. He's the CEO and co-founder of Brand Verity, a provider of enterprise technology solutions that combat online trademark abuse and help advertisers ensure compliant marketing programs. The service enables clients to identify abuse and efficiently take action to resolve the issues discovered. David received his BS from MIT. David, are you ready to take us to the top? Fantastic. Awesome. Okay, so this sounds like a very kind of niche-specific product. How did you stumble across this space? And tell us what the company does and how you make money. Sure. So uh, a couple, uh, two companies ago, um, I was, uh, I think, kind of a a junior co-founder of a company called Quova um, that uh, developed a technology that uh, maps IP addresses, so the the, the, uh, IDs that people use when they connect to the Internet to some extent, uh, to physical locations. Uh, And one of our principal... um, uh, so when you do a search on Google, uh, you'll see targeted ads um, along the right-hand rail or along the top that uh, are related to where you're physically located. Um, and Quova at the time, uh, I don't know if they still do, but you know, they were a provider of that, that technology to Google. Um, our core customer, though, were online fraud departments. So if you made a purchase um, uh, online and let's say you were shipping it to Miami, you were physically sitting in Austin, um, but maybe you were accessing the internet from uh, Kazakhstan, uh, that might be a sign of something about to happen. Um, and you might want to give that person a call or, or talk to them a little bit more. Um, so along the way, I kind of really you know, met a lot of people in the fraud teams of uh, these uh, typically e-commerce companies and got a real appreciation for uh, kind of the thrill of the chase uh, to some extent um, and the bad guys that they catch. Uh, so fast forward um, to uh, uh, a company after that where I ran the engineering team for a, a company called Duty's Book that was a, a once upon a time Yelp competitor. Um, and uh, we became an affiliate. Uh, it was one of the ways that we made money. Uh, and we uh, were active in the, the Gap uh, affiliate program. And we began to get uh, purchases from customers who had visited a review of a Gap store and then go and make a purchase online um, and uh, you know, using an affiliate link or something like that. So our, our marketing team uh, began to think about, oh, well, how do we 
get more money from these pages. Or, you know, so is there an arbitrage opportunity there? And you so they the began, reviews. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they began buying paid search ads to send users uh, to those uh, pages that we made money from. Uh, and, uh, you know, within a day or two, the Gap Affiliate Manager contacted us and said, hey, you're not supposed to do that. That's against our terms. And we had no idea, um, but, you know, we instantly pulled down the ads. Uh, but from where we sat in Seattle, we saw lots of other affiliates doing the same thing. And so we asked the affiliate manager, how, you know, what would we need to do to get the same permission that everybody else has? And the affiliate manager's response was, there is no one else, um, just you. And over some back and forth, we realized that um, our team sitting in Seattle uh, saw a really different set of ads uh, than uh, uh, she saw sitting in San Francisco. Um, and it turns out the affiliates were uh, doing what we call reverse geotargeting, right? So they're running their ads Exclude San Fran. Totally, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so this was you know, the sort of first sign that there's sort of a problem here that's not well solved. Um, so we, uh, we wound down Judy's book, um, and as I was thinking about what to do next, I flew down to uh, Affiliate Summit, uh, which is the, sort of the largest affiliate conference, yep. um, and kind of walked around and talked to folks. I was like, hey, is this a problem you have? And there were a lot of yeses, and is this, uh, how do you solve it today? And not a lot of good answers, and would you pay money for a solution that did that? And sort of got enough of an interest to feel like it was worthwhile to build um, you know, sort of a V1 or an alpha, alpha product. Of brand verity. Uh, so, yeah. And, yeah. Became, and, and by the way, what year was this? Uh, see, this would have been 2008. Okay. Uh, okay. Wow. That's great. So, okay, good. So that, that's really helpful to get the genesis of the company and, and then walk me through today. I mean, what's the revenue model? Is it a SaaS based play? So it's a SaaS based play. Uh, it's a, a subscription service. Uh, we sell two products, one that monitors paid search, uh, for various forms of affiliate abuse, um, for partner compliance, um, and, and trademark protection. Um, and, you know, we'll have some data that shows uh, where to prioritize your efforts. Uh, and then a second product monitors uh, web content. We call it web compliance uh, for really like regulatory concerns. Um, our, uh, I think that the, the problem that we solve exceptionally well revolves around are your partners promoting you in the way that uh, you've required them to. Um, and so that might be uh, credit card companies uh, who have very specific terms for how their cards are promoted, uh, or more be more general brand uh, uh, compliance concerns. And so if you have to promote us um, alongside blank or in a way that sort of aligns with our brand image and so on and so forth. And so we have a call. And, that goes and David, what are for these products? On don't go down every customer cohort, but on average, what are customers paying per month for this? So uh, paid search um, kind of runs from, I think we have a starting price somewhere around uh, $250 a month. Um, our average selling prices are sort of just shy of 1000 a month. Um, and the web compliance uh, you know, is sort of an order of magnitude higher. Yep. What, are they 50-50 in terms of the revenue split, or is one way outpaced the other? Uh, so our paid search product is by far our oldest. Um, and so... Uh, I'd say that's 80% of revenue today. Okay. Um, but the younger product web compliance sort of has a faster growth rate. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. That makes good sense. And then walk me through. So again, launched in 2008, you said it's your oldest product. How many folks have you scaled to in terms of customers you're serving on that platform? Yeah, we're sort of uh, probably little over 400 direct relationships. Yep. Um, a lot of our customers will be agencies or affiliate networks, and they'll monitor you know, sort of tens to hundreds to thousands of, of brands underneath that. 
all of us in the software world also have subscriptions to a thousand different software platforms, and it can be challenging to figure out which ones you should invest your time and energy in versus ones ones you should ignore. So, I mean, I had this problem. We're scheduling hundreds, actually thousands of B2B SaaS CEOs for this podcast, and I needed a good tool to manage all the scheduling. So I went to Captera and essentially looked at who ranked highest, who had the best reviews, and narrowed it down to essentially a book of fee, a pointlet, and acuity scheduling. I now use a combination of these three tools to do efficient appointment scheduling. Now, what Captera has built is extremely impressive. I don't know if you guys know this, 700,000 reviews of products from real software users help you discover everything and really make an informed decision. They cover over 700 specific categories of software from project management, which we have a lot of these CEOs on the show, TML marketing to yoga studio management software. They really do cover a ton. So if you want to get started on Captera today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business, and quite frankly, save time and energy on all your software expenses, we all spend a lot on it, visit nathanlacka.com forward slash Captera. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A to get started today. Totally free. 400 folks paying, you know, call it an average of a grand a month. It's fair to say you guys are doing about, what, 400 grand a month in revenue? Uh, so our ARR, we just crossed six million. Six million, uh, great. Uh, so we sort of celebrated that milestone a few months back. That's good. So that's about five hundred grand per month. That's healthy. And have you bootstrapped the company, or have you raised? Entirely bootstrapped. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, how have you resisted the urge to raise? So it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, uh, my first two first two companies uh, were sort of your classic venture plays. Um, so Quova and Judy's book. Uh, both companies raised a ton of money. Um, I want to say Quova over its lifespan, sort of close to 50. Um, and Judy's book, I think, you know, close to 10-ish, um, give or take. Um, and, you know, I think I got to see a lot of uh, the sort of pros that that model offers um, and, you know, some of the challenges as well. Uh, and I think uh, it also got sort of out of, I think, my system. Um, I think it's someone something that's relatively common, sort of both, sort of the view that raising a round is success in and of itself. Um, and, uh, you know, had, sort of having seen both of those models play out, it was sort of interested to try something different. Yeah, um, that makes good sense. And, and, and it's better for your stress levels, right? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, and, it's, and, it, I think it's, it's a different model. Yeah. Um, has advantages and disadvantages. And I think I, I won't say that, you know, we're sort of in the never raise, um, you know, it's not sort of a, a core philosophical difference, but I think we also, as we've been growing, um, are, uh, you know, sort of, we've never, I think, identified sort of the moment of, and then we become huge. Sure. Um, so it's also never really felt like, um, a play that would, you know, we'd really be able to accelerate growth via venture. What, what are you growing yeah. at right now? So 500 grand today per month in revenue, what were you at a year ago? July 2017. Uh, I don't know the specifics. We grow sort of between 20 and 30% a year. Okay, so call it maybe 400 ish, 420, something like that a month, a year ago. Yeah, sounds, sounds ballpark. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Bootstrap, that's, that's wonderful. And round out some of the unit economics. Churn is critical. What's your churn today? Mm, churn is a great question. Um, so, churn is something that we spend a fair amount of time looking at. Um, and one of the things that uh, you know we've I think begun transitioning as a business has been to really focus on moving from smaller, lots of smaller accounts to sort of fewer larger accounts. Um, and so we sort of see relative churn numbers that are different by customer size. Um, 
but our gross churn is sort of a little under 20%. Okay. That, that's gross logo churn annually. Yeah. Okay. And have you, because of expansion revenue, things like that, is your net revenue retention annually above a hundred? Uh, no, net revenue retention is below a hundred. Okay. Um, has been above a hundred, um, over time as sort of as company aged, um, you know, we sort of, when you've got sort of, you know, 20% gross churn, that sort of, you know, gives you an average lifetime value of kind of five years ish. So below five years, um, we had uh, absolutely positive, uh, net retention, but we're, you know, net maybe, uh, 90 plus percent. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Well, you assume a five month lifetime value. What do you assume that that is in dollar figure? Uh, Oh, sorry. Five year lifetime value. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, 60 months. Yeah. Sorry. What do you assume lifetime value? And, and by the way, we're just talking about your 80% product that yep. your oldest yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'd have to, I'm going to back up envelope that live. Um, so our lifetime value, you know, we're looking at roughly 10 grand a year, so sort of 50 grand ish. Yep. That's, that's about, look, if you have our pool of a grand a month and it's 60 months, it's 60 grand, right? Yeah, um, there you go. Are you, what about CAC? Are you spending money to acquire these guys? Yep. So, uh, I think that's one of our big investments for the, for the year is really, um, developing, uh, a meaningful, uh, kind of sales and marketing engine, um, the vast majority of our, our new revenue comes via word of mouth and referral. Um, and uh, we're focusing really extensively on, you know, this year on sort of developing a repeatable sales and marketing process. Um, and well, what is it today, though? What's your fully weighted CAC? So fully weighted CAC is somewhere around 10 to 12K. Okay, got it. So about first year ACV, 12-month payback, yep. something like that. About right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's great. And uh, and walk me through team today. What's the team size and where's everyone based? Yep. So team is about thirty five. Uh, uh, thirty of that team's all in Seattle. Um, and then we've got uh, an office in uh, in London. Um, uh, team five uh, that sort of serves our immediate customers. That's great. Seattle and London. Very good. All right, uh, David. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one. What's your favorite business book? Ooh, great. Uh, good to great. Good. Number okay. two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Bezos. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I mean, at the moment, we, we've really embraced Slack. Um, I think it's it, it's really enabled a lot of uh, transparent communication um, and uh, sort of a lot of people to participate in the conversation. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Ooh, it's uh, sort of seven. And what's the situation? Married, single, kids? Uh, married, uh, two kids, uh, uh, nine and six. Okay, good. So young, young ones. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 42. 42. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, my 20-year-old self? I, you know, I, I've never been afraid to take risks. Um, but I think, I, uh, you know, transitioning from sort of a very clear path, uh, where like you go to college and then sort of, there's a very clear set of, of jobs out of there. Um, you know, I think I wish my torn old self was thinking more proactively about sort of how I 
drive my own career forward in the future. Yeah. The guys already have it. Maybe be a little riskier earlier on. Take, take them earlier. Be more intentional about your career path uh, earlier on in life. He's now building after experiencing his firsthand some of these problems related to a gap ad in 2008. Launched a V1 version of some, a, a company called Brand Verity. That's what he's building today. Over 400 customers use the platform again to monitor affiliate content, whether that's ads directly or just web content in general, making sure they're compliant with you know government regulations, things of that nature. Uh, they're bootstrapped, which I love. Uh, July 27 revenue. So a year ago was 420 grand in monthly recurring revenue, growing 20 to 30% year over year, just past 6 million in ARR here in July of 2018. Each of these customers paying about a grand, caught between a grand and two grand per month, less than 20% gross logo churn annually, net revenue retention, just north of 90%. He is totally willing to spend up to 12 grand to acquire one of these customers, which gives him a 12 month payback period. His team of 35 based between Seattle and London. David, thank you for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. 